Brett, did you say got it? I got it. Let's go, baby. Yeah. You got it? We got it? I got it. All right. What's up, buds? And welcome to a new episode of the Earbuds Podcast, the podcast where two friends talk about one album for many, many minutes. I am one of your hosts, Lucas Ruth Bader Winsberg Indrakovs, and I got here with me Brett Chill Clinton Hanrahan. Brett, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Love all the political puns that you got this week. I mean, Chill Clinton, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. When I thought of that one, I was like, where's the laugh track? What number is that over here? <laughs> where's my applause? Where's my where's my goddamn laugh track? <laughs> Oh, we're not even playing it. Uh, it's all falling apart, Brett. It's all falling apart. It's okay, though, because uh, we are going to be talking about uh, thank you. Oh, see? That's when you know it's a good joke, when it takes a little bit to land. It uh, well, little, it, like, it sinks in, sink in, you know, for a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. layered. It's like a parfait of jokes. Yeah, it's like when, uh, you know, your fucking favorite comedian goes on. Who's that old guy that just complains all the time? George uh, Carlin Seinfeld. Oh, George Carlin. Yes. Yeah. He tells well, a joke and it and like he'll just tell the joke and for two minutes he'll just stand there, let the audience kind of get it to, together. What a way to reduce a fucking comedy legend like George Carlin to the old guy that complains about stuff. Dude, if it's I, I only watched one special by him and that is the only fucking okay, we thing can't, he did that we entire can't, we special. Can't, we can't start this conversation right now. He's one of my all-time favorite comedians. But we need to talk about the album that we're here to talk about today, which is an album that I brought to the mm -hmm. show and it's by a band called the exploding hearts the album is called modern romantic brett guitar you... romantic guitar romantic <laughs> all right how okay, uh, okay. <laughs> how okay. Oh, yeah real quick how much do you like this album real Lucas? quick i love this album but i chugged a can of rose before i came to the studio. okay and, all right um, and you want to brag too and i'm current right <laughs> that I have canned rosé in your face, Brett. Uh, I'm also drinking a tall boy of some very strong IPA, and my good friend JC poured me a shot of Johnny Walker when I walked in here. So you're just I'm getting the fucking that. treatment over there. Yeah. You're I'm VIP. Half, Look at I'm you. I'm half off the wagon. I don't know if canned rosé can be VIP treatment, but the Johnny Walker definitely is. But yeah, guitar romantic. Um, I loved this album the first time i heard it and i still love it to this fucking day and you've never heard these guys before right like you never even heard the name before no i'd i'd never heard their name which is interesting because they seem to be a bigger deal than i thought when you brought them up i right. like oh is that like a band we played with or right <laughs> right that's what i mean like it's interesting okay so we might as well get this out of the way right now um the band has a pretty tragic story uh after this record came out uh they were on their way they were like on their way up the ranks um playing bigger bigger shows right before this album came out which is 2003 so almost 20 years ago after one of their shows in san francisco they were driving back home to portland and they got into a car accident um two guys from the band the singer adam and the drummer jeremy uh actually died on the scene and the band's obviously called it quits after that. Um, so RIP to Adam and Jeremy. And you know, what's crazy is that this album came out almost 20 years ago and even 20 years later, you know, obviously it has its faults, but they wrote a really fantastic, like pop punk power pop 
album. And I'm so glad to see that a band that only has one album that were just starting to come up in their scene, you know, on the West coast, they barely even go on tour to promote this album. And they still have like over 24,000 Spotify monthly listeners, like almost 20 years after this album came out. Like that shows you just how big these dudes could have been. Yeah. And you can kind of see their influence even to this day. Dune rats just released a record that sounds a lot like this. Oh my God. Yes. And you can hear a lot of influence from where they came from too. Right. Like there's so much obvious things that you can point back to, to this band. It's it's almost like a seventies revival record. Totally. Totally. Like the, this is, I mean, it's pretty much like it's, it is a solid power pop album, right. With elements of new wave, sometimes elements of like pop punk sometimes, but I mean, you listen to these guys, I'm reading a book right now. It's kind of the, it's, I think it's called like the unofficial autobiography of punk rock or something like that. It's called please kill me. Hmm. And it's an amazing book that I'm only like, it's like 600 pages. I'm only halfway through it. And it's literally the history of punk rock told through like snippets of interviews by people who were there on the scene. So we're talking about like David Bowie, all the Ramones, you know, Iggy pop, all the people that were in the stooges, all the people in New York dolls, like this scene, this like huge scene. So you listen, right? it's awesome. Like having to listen to this album, which is such a throwback to all that music and also reading that book at the same time. And I'm just like, this is such a great soundtrack for reading. Uh, Please I'll, kill me. I'll bet. I mean, it's extremely reminiscent of old bands, like uh, in that exact scene you were talking about, like the clash and totally. uh, New York dolls. I mean, the Ramones sure. hardcore, the Ramones and New York dolls for me, hardcore because all those guys were basically doing kind of like what the misfits were doing. Right. Was like um, bringing back 50s rock and roll, which was like yeah, pop right. music by the time the 70s were around. Right. And it just played it faster and had distorted guitars. And that was basically <laughs> it. Like got a little fuzzier, a little crunchier. And they put a little um, little mustard on it, you know, and they do. They put a little they put a little lot of mustard. I'd say on the guitar work, especially throughout this entire album. Dude, I am so glad you called that out because this, they have some really good guitar work on this album. That's it. You know, it makes sense that the album is called guitar romantic instead of something like modern romantic or whatever. It's a guitarist record, right? Like it's a very guitarist record. It's for sure stuff that like, if a little faster and more distorted could have been like, I imagine some metal riffs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like put it in a minor key or something for sure for sure it's- and it, i think the singer adam and uh plays guitar and they have another guitarist too and i love the work between the two guitars i think it's yeah. so good all the different parts that they do between the two where like one of them is playing these little licky parts and the other one's just keeping that rhythm going but there are songs like on modern kicks that first song like that of the record that it's like that back and forth between the two they really show off like how good they are at doing that yeah and there's uh, nary a song on this record that doesn't implement at least a couple riffs uh, oh. throughout the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there might not even be one song where there's not a riff happening every 30 seconds. Yeah, there are. <laughs> this is like riff salad for sure, dude. I mean, and nary. I'm just glad you used that word. That was, that's the word of the week. Nary. Oh, wow. I, I fucking get uh, your paycheck <laughs> wait, this week. Wait. Right? Oh, the fucking intern fucked up again. Oh. The intern's never there with his cues. Hired this guy months ago. He barely shows up to work. 
Sometime. I might need. A, I'm just... gonna need to take a 20 minute break in my trailer real quick and ah, then we can get see, back it's... to it. I came in too loud. Now it's just yeah. Well, um, here's yeah. the thing. <laughs> I'm looking at that button. I know which button to press. Now. <laughs> I just so you know, I hear none of the buttons y'all are hitting. I have no idea what you're talking. Oh, about. for real? Oh, well, you're, the audience is gonna love it. This isn't for you, so don't worry about it. Yeah, well, I, for your the, benefit. amount of times I've heard that before. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you, you call it like a lot of this music is deceptively really simple, you know, but they do it so well that even if it is really simple, it's so good that I don't mind how straightforward a lot of these songs are. Well, let me kind of, mm. let me, let me kind of rotate this flat square i knew eventually into a 3d cube i knew eventually all right this is where i take a, a sip of, of my let me let me go ahead and give this, this conversation a little more depth by saying uh, i do not like this album oh no <laughs> i the guitar I work you were gonna love this the guitar work is my favorite thing about the album it's really iconic the whole time i think they might even do it a little too much but it always leaves something you can listen to in the music if nothing else is grabbing your attention, which for me, nothing else does. Oh, God. Now, let, me just let, this, let me just let this settle in. Just give me. You, let the let the whiskey settle in a little bit before you. Uh, let me take another sip of it. Yeah. I'll go ahead and take a little slip of my flat Rainier sponsored by go. the great state of Seattle. Thank flat you very Rainier. much. An official no. podcast. I I was actually really excited to hear his reaction because I thought, you know, this was right up his alley. No, I'm no, no, sir. No, sir. You're living in a dream world no, with a dream bread. The production isn't isn't the best thing ever. And uh, I'm sure that's probably your biggest. The concern. production is interesting because it does harken back to the 70s era production while yeah. maintaining a kind of modern sound about it, which is what this album is a lot of. It's a lot of being that 70s soda pop fucking barbershop music uh, with a little modern twist on it. Maybe yeah. not enough of a modern twist on it to keep me interested. You thought this sounded dated? Yes. Really? I I think I, it sounds dated. There I are bands... a combination of new wave and that kind of 70s punk and kind of glam punk a little bit and all that. I thought all combining like three different generations of of punk music uh i thought was gonna get you man i it in theory i think it should have in in theory the combination of the power pop uh of the 70s with the modern kind of music work that's going on in this album the very yeah. catchy tunes catchy yeah. choruses and lyrics uh would get me but it all I feel like they didn't go far enough with any modern stuff. Like they were a little mm. too stuck in the old era and old vibes. Every single song I imagined a couple, you know, like grease looking people dancing in the soda bar. Yes, for sure. And yeah. honestly, I, I'm not really into. Are you not into the fifties, of... Brett? I'm not into the 50s, unfortunately. You tell me you don't like Grease. I love bands like Fiddler that will kind of take mm. this sound and push but it. You could, 
up to the edge. You could say that Fiddler is arguably doing like more 60s uh, surf rock than 50s like doo-wop stuff. I mean, I'd say- He loves the Misfits. You know, like what's the difference between the Misfits and uh, Exploding Hearts? Break I mean, that down to me because they're they're basically doing the same thing, and the singer of the Exploding Hearts had a better has a better voice in my opinion than Danzig, and I think weirdly enough that's my only complaint about this record because I do I got to be honest about it is that the production is fucking horseshit, it's horrible it's it's awful production throughout the whole record. I honestly didn't mind the production that much. Really? I thought that was going to be... We're, we're having a whole, two whole what different... Like, you're, you're just breaking... Are you sure we listened to the same record, the same version of this record? Yeah, I double-checked because there was actually for <laughs> years, there was for years, there was multiple versions of this record. Like, I didn't get into this. I didn't find this album until like 2015, 2016, around that time, when I was like just starting to get into uh, Garage Rock. For the first yeah. time. So I'd heard like King Gizzard for the first time. And then I started dipping back into, um, you know what? It might have been a little bit later when after I met you. Um, oh, really? You're the one that got me to listen to the Stooges for the first time. Hell you know, yeah. These guys came up on my Spotify after I listened to the Stooges. So you like the Stooges? Yeah. You're a I love fan the of the Stooges. I mean, the Stooges are fucking raw, dude. Yeah. So these what guys is not- are. These guys are fuzzy. Their production is it too is, poppy? Is it too happy for you? It might be a little too poppy. It might just be that it's like there are eclectic guitars through the whole thing. There's definitely a fuzzy sound on this. Yes. And it's not like I would say that songs are not energetic, but they, to me, they got no balls on them at all. Like they got no heart or like emotions or energy to them. <sighs> Really? Coming from the guy who made me listen to Max Frost. Max Frost is a fucking that a band has no balls. On. That's a whole. T- they don't need <laughs> balls. All right, they're not a fucking punk band. He's a eunuch. A fucking what? I'm just saying, Max Frost. If he has no balls, I mean, he. I think he's beyond no balls. I think his music is. Are he, you characterizing he, the band, the three members of Max Frost, as one single person? I assume Max Frost was one dude. I mean, maybe he is, and he's pulling the strings behind the whole operation. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that this album has no balls because I didn't think about it in the moment. I listened to this album, obviously, a few times. It didn't get better for you or worse for you as I listened to it a few times? Um, I think I about got what the record was going to be after the first two or three songs. Sure. You know? And yeah. uh, the the whole vibe doesn't change. The, the production doesn't change at all or anything. There's no, there's not a lot of twists and turns. It mainly bases itself on catchy vocals, riffing guitars, and uh, kind of uh, not upbeat energy. But you know what I'm like an no, active kind of dancey, yeah, yeah, like, vibe. I mean, yeah, I totally agree on all those points where it's like it doesn't have any balls because especially. I didn't think about it until you just said that. Guess what album I listened to immediately after I listened to Modern Romantic or Guitar Romantic today? Um, you think Modern Kicks? It's because the first song is called Modern Kicks. It's fucking Modern cool. Kicks. It's so good. <laughs> uh, what did you listen to, man? Fucking Infest the Rat's Nest. Oh. By King Gizzard. Immediately oh after. Oh my god! You know how many times I've wanted to re-review that yeah, album? Dude, how did I know? Just you to listen to that. it again. 
How did I know oh you were going to say that, dude? I, I was thinking about that today. Again, I, right after this album ended, I was like, man, I keep wanting, I want to listen to something aggressive, right? And the first thing that came to mind was King Gizzard. Yeah. And I kind of went through their shit and I almost went with Murder of the Universe. And then I fucking settled on it and Festa Rat's Nest and it just scratched such an itch. Ugh, I, I needed scratched, man. And I didn't realize it until you just said it that I'm like, wow, you're right. This album doesn't have any balls at all. And I honestly, I don't think that's Powerpuff necessarily, no walls, right? It's a Powerpuff album, mainly with punk vibes on it. I don't think it right. needs to have balls, but right. the version of this music that I personally enjoy has a little more kick to it, a little more attitude, a little more aggressiveness and is like a little more raw. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I totally, fuck man. I agree. <laughs> oh. I agree with you. It's not going to change my rating, but okay, I, good. I'm starting to understand why you don't like it, which I'm still really surprised about. I'm very surprised you don't like this album because in my opinion, every single song is very catchy. And I thought that would get you first of all. I also, well, go ahead. Go ahead. That's absolutely not wrong. Every single song is super catchy, gets stuck in your head. I think they're all catchy in the same way though. They and they all are. take the same exact approach to every single song. Definitely. There are going to be probably two or three songs that I'll come back to when I'm in the mood for something like this, but I don't think I'm ever going to listen to the album as a whole again, even though it's a nice quaint, like half hour quaint, uh, like <laughs> 10 song listen. Yeah. It's homely. It's a homely it's, it's 28 humble. minutes. It's, it's a humble 28 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there are definitely moments um, that the band is kind of sloppy at times, but again, this is their only album that they ever put out. So I kind of give them a pass a little bit sure. yeah. on that, but I gotta say Adam Cox's vocals are fucking perfect for this music too. Are, like he sounds British. He sounds like he yes. was a singer for sex pistols. Or it something. sounds like he's doing a British thing, right? <laughs> Which I know we gave uh, the interrupters shit about that. Where she well, was that like, was a whole other thing. Like a bird on a wire. That's something on fire. I'm oh a little, God. I'm a so little cringy. cooler with someone just pretending to be British for so whatever cringy. reason they would want to be British. <laughs> well, it's like a lot of British people when they sing, they, they used to do American accents back in the day because they didn't want to sound British. They wanted to be accessible and like Giddy you know, Lee. Getty Lee, does he have a thick and David Bowie Montreal accent? Got a nice thick California accent. Who Getty is kind Lee? Of what I read from, yeah, Getty Lee, like David Bowie. Um, oh, they were trying to do California accents, is what you're saying? They were yeah, from California, I believe. <laughs> right. So they were yeah. they were trying really hard to sound British, is what you're saying? Yes. Oh, okay. I got the. See now you're getting into conspiracy. You gotta, yeah, you gotta make those jokes before I chug a fucking can of rosé <laughs> what's that can baby shout Share out with the audience baby do the can i'm drinking right now shout out uh fucking voodoo ranger a pretty classic a voodoo ranger rosé no 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 the the rosé was like some it was like oh hi or something it was fucking it was okay can of whatever but what i'm drinking right now is voodoo ranger juicy haze ipa um, juicy haze shout out new belgium that's the that's the the brewery and they're you know voodoo ranger it's a pretty well-known thing and i'm drinking johnny walker black i believe black label 
You you sound absolutely destroyed right now, man. Are you all right? I I feel like I shat on your fucking dreams right now. Yeah, you know I didn't expect uh I didn't expect the conversation to go this way. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be right right parallel to me of just like every song's a banger. It's all super catchy. The guitar works great, but the production kind of sucks. And honestly, the production's not just sucks. It's pretty bad on some of the songs. So I thought that was going to be your only, I, comments, you know, <laughs> I thought there were some, I thought maybe the toms were a little loud, but he ever rarely ever hit them. And sometimes some panning decisions were a little odd, but aside from that, yeah. but the I, kinda, I liked the tone of the, of the okay. production. Okay. And the, I thought the drummer did pretty well for what he was doing. Yeah. He's like, you know, not actually not like throw showing off or anything, doing his fucking job, just saying in the back, keeping it together. That shit that yeah. I do love. He only got off beat a couple of times, which is, you know, <laughs> with any good drummer. Well, hey, like, come on. Come with on. any with any punk influence type shit, you got a free ball it, baby. Well, buddies, uh, something we forgot to mention in the beginning of the episode is after we like to go through the record and break Lucas's heart, as Brett likes to do on so many of these episodes, uh, we also like to kind of break down our two favorite songs on the record. Brett, what's, even, hey, even what's, your fav- what's your favorite type of flower? I'll send you a little bouquet. Okay, well, what's first, send type? me the world's smallest violin All to right. play while I look at the flowers. I like, uh, I like a good... Uh, Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. Send me a honeysuckle. Send me a bouquet of honeysuckles. Well, yeah, bouquet, honeysuckles. I will get Voodoo Ranger to pay for that. Get a periwinkles in there too. Oh, periwinkles. That's important. Anything with um, four syllables is my favorite flowers. Honeysuckle, periwinkle. Fucking rose in rose rose circle blue bonnets <laughs> let's get it hey let's get into right. narnugs we like to do we we quicker <laughs> you call them narnugs i call them choice nugs but uh it's our two favorite songs on the record right so what are your two nar choice nugs my dude give me the first one i don't i don't don't spoil the second one already uh, you know, fine. So be it. I'll give you the first one. You didn't it, like this record. I I didn't like this record. Right, I thought it was. Let's lead into this fucking, you know, <laughs> your your choices with that in mind, because anyone like me who's a exploding hearts uh stan, they're probably not going to agree with you. But you can go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, my first choicey is going to be sleeping aids and band aids, because mm-hmm. I liked the kind of swingy feel on it. Sweeping Aids um, and Razor Blades, by the way. I got the album wrong. You got the song wrong. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> Why did I put Band-Aids in my notes? <laughs> <laughs> because you you dislike this record so much, you give it no goddamn respect. Uh, You don't want to look at my notes right now, dude. You don't want to see what I wrote down, what I didn't write down. Well, your choice. So you said your choice. So Sleeping Aids and Razor Blades is one of your choice nugs, but choice means it's one of your favorite songs on the record, right? Yes. It is one of my favorite songs on the record. Okay. Uh, Again, I love that swingy feel. It's got some catchy little riff tidbits there that I like. I I, I wrote down, is there a more catchy guitar part? No. I'm almost like a mother at that point. Like, 
<laughs> is there a catchier guitar part? I don't think my kid could have done a better job. I don't think anyone's can do better than me. I think it's probably my kid is the best one. Yeah. And the melody is so fun to sing along with. It's very 50s, right? And I love their version of like 50s pop music. It's great. Yeah. It's something you could definitely grab someone's arm and do that fucking finger thing, finger dance too. Oh, sure. Where you're holding one hand. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, yeah. I think that's more jazz era than anything else. You're talking. Wait, well, like it's depression. 2003, so things have changed. That's true. You know, we can we could do these little dances now, Lucas. It's okay. Well, Sleeping Aids and Razor Blades was one of my honorable mentions, but it's not okay. one of my favorite songs. And to be totally, let me just be 100% transparent here. Uh, every song on this is an honorable mention for me. Wow. Except, okay. except okay. Your, your Black and Blue. That's my least favorite song on the record. I think it's kind of boring but um yeah well, i agree that's okay uh i would say my first choice nug my first favorite song is the opener man modern kicks get the modern kicks it's a great intro it shows you exactly great what's intro. going on great that riff yes. band comes in classic great opener it's super catchy it's kind of brat, bratty and snotty, but it's it's just really good guitar work. They kind of show off that that call and response that the guitars can do. Yeah. Which, yeah. dude, if I don't know Adam while he's singing is playing guitar, if he can do that, it makes me shiver. It makes me shake. Na, 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 and they're doing that back. Like it's yeah. Our expandus does that sometimes, right? Where it's like the the guitar that's pan left will play. And they'll go back and forth with the right and the left, and they do. Yeah, it well. yeah. If Adam is, was doing that while he was singing, and that that makes it even more impressive to me. I I think the only other band I've seen do guitar work like this is Block Party. Yes, for sure. I you know I was never hundred percent sure if Block Party had two guitars or not. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it sounds so in sync that it could be one, and I've seen yeah. people play it with one, but it's it's tough shit. I. You could not play this album with two with one guitar. No, you would need at least two, if not three. At least to make two, it not easier three. for people. But there have been a few. Honestly, there have been a few bands that have surprised me that they only have one guitarist when I think they gotta have two. Uh, <laughs> really, the first one that comes to mind is Pantera. Yeah, straight up, like Dimebag, straight up sounds like he's two people at one sometimes. <laughs> but what I thought was really cool about Pantera, and I didn't notice it until I realized until I learned that they only had one guitarist was that they wanted their live shows to sound so as close as possible to their album recordings, to the studio recordings that even in the studio, Dimebag didn't play the rhythm guitar part during guitar solos. Like he would only play his solo. Yeah. Right. Just the bass playing. And that's, I noticed that for the longest time. That's something that a lot of bands kind of make a decision on. I know we kind of, talked about that a couple times and very sure. i think very few bands pull that method off but agree i mean pantera seem to be able to do it well huh does rush do that because rush oh rush definitely them. has like overdub guitars they have a rhythm that. guitar going right so that means when they yeah. live they need some dude it's it's kind of like green day i remember one time i noticed that like well i yeah. saw green day live and they had some fucking guy standing there playing <laughs> rhythm guitar and i was like who the well, fuck is this dude There'll be times when Billy Joel just gets off guitar and just takes the cool. mic and he's just like a front man now. That's true. And almost every show I've been to, I've probably seen Green Day like three or four times. And every show they pull someone out of the crowd to play. Well, yeah, sure. That's uh, definitely a big so thing they love cool. to do. Yeah. But I would say uh, 
the only other band I could think of that really surprised me that they only had one guitarist was uh, Van Halen. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't I mean, remember. Eddie's on just a fucking legend and I don't think anyone can contest that. But I don't remember. Do you, I mean, have you listened to enough Van Halen to know for sure if they like overdub their shit? Um, I mean, I, I listened to did. the first album a lot. Uh, I think I listened to the third, which one was the one with like the angel with the cigarette? You're asking the wrong person. Yeah. This is an era <laughs> that I did not listen to at all. I played eruption, the, the intro to eruption. I played at a, at many guitar centers, but that was about it. <laughs> I was that guy. And I was like 13, 14. And even now it's it okay. Like you've, you've recovered, right? <laughs> even, now, like, even now it sounds grown like up. fucking douchey brag that I'm like, I was 14 playing eruption, you know, <laughs> the intro to eruption. Yeah. I uh, learned hammer ons pretty quick in my uh, <laughs> guitar career. Yeah. You know, I like, play fucking thunderstruck. I changed. I, I perfected it really. The intro to eruption. When oh yeah. Kind of like almost it. better than Van Halen. Really? I, right. I chiseled it. Yeah. Um, like a, yeah. Like a, a piece of marble, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's get to the second nug, huh? Let's get to my second favorite song. You're going to go after me because I like this album more than you. Uh, I guess it makes sense to someone. It, uh, to me, it does. I, I was like, because I love how they're doing the 50s thing um, so, so well, I got to pick my favorite song as Jailbird, my second favorite on there, which Jailbird. has got to be the most 50s one. Like, they're oh, yeah. all in on the 50s thing on this one. And they're like making references to sniffing glue and which i appreciate just these super like throwback lyrics as well yeah yeah and the and the awesome group vocals that's very throwback too to the 50s mm. thing uh super simple music like the music is not gonna blow you away but they play it so well that it's just it's just awesome and it's probably probably in my opinion the best sounding record or the best sounding song on the record mm. You think that's because it's like a little slower tempo and it sounds like they have an acoustic in there a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely, it's, it's the softest song on the record, I would say for sure. Um, Which is weird to say that like your black and blue is the most boring song and it's not even the the softest one on the record, (laughs) but yeah, Jailbird, I feel like just had the best sound. I don't know if, I mean, there were some songs on there, dude, that like I straight up that's that snare was just like, Oh boy. (laughs) Oh boy, this sounds like worse than Saint Anger type. It, you know, it sounds there, like he's banging on a trash can, fucking playing on. There a were a couple moments, yeah, couple, couple rough moments, but I, I, I tended to overlook that more often than not. Okay, well, with that said, what is your favorite song on this album? Um, my your second nug, bro. Second nug is gonna be the last song on the record. Still yeah. crazy, super boppy, man. Super boppy. There's a couple like. I love the tiny little guitar fills they do uh, on parts of this song. It sounds very active. Uh, everyone's kind of going hard in the paint on this one. I love the little outro yeah. they have to kind of end off the record. Some pretty legit uh, lead guitar work in this song. Like he he was doing really good stuff. Like he was showing his chops. I feel like with the licks and the little solo that he threw in there. Like I like yeah. It. They were stuff. I thought they were, they kind of went all in on their closer for the album. Like they kind of played everything that you had heard up until that point and combined 
the pop punk with the old school, you know, power pop and seventies punk music. And then also the new wave stuff that they were kind of showing you at bits. So yeah. They combined yeah. it all for their last song. And I thought that showed a little, um, a little, a little planning, you know, a little artistry there picking that as their last one. I mean, yeah, I would have loved to, I would have loved to see what their second record would have been. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they, they do have like an EP of unreleased tapes that they, they were working on. Oh, uh, that man. came out three years anymore? later. That came out? That was released? I th- I think so. I It's not on YouTube Music, but I found it on like Wikipedia. So it's, I, it must Shit. be out there somewhere. And like Spotify had the first fucking pharmaceutical bandits record. So yeah, but it's not on Spotify. I'll tell you that much. <sighs> All it's it, on there is this somewhere one. on YouTube, maybe you got to pirate it off. Go on your Napster account. I got to look it up. I got to find look your it old up. LimeWire login. Oh man, I was talking about that shit the other day, dude. The amount of shit I downloaded from Napster and LimeWire and Kazaa and Morpheus. Oh but. man, there was there, there was something I I forgot what it was called. It was none of those, and it was so sketchy. I can't believe my phone didn't just self destruct. After downloading so much shit on my phone, it was just my phone. Oh, that's yeah, that's bad news, dude. <laughs> All those fucking apps that have like wingdings as their fucking user agreement and their user license, and you're just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, you're gonna give me the the latest fucking Lil TJ song for free. Like, I'll take it. It it was weird though. Those those websites are where you find some of the most deep cuts i heard like your shit yeah i heard the first performance of fly by night on on that website i heard i'm gonna act like uh, that is the original fly by night for real yeah fly by night dude by rush you ever heard of them you ever fucking opened your fucking ears and listened to good music yeah (laughs) yeah i've listened to the radio in the last 60 years so i've heard rush (laughs) they're on there a couple times call me the old guy and your one of your favorite bands is rush the fuck out of here no one's perfect (laughs) you're like you're old i have bad taste in music like hey it kind of balances out a little bit (laughs) i heard this version of war pigs with the demo vocals that they later changed and my friend got so mad that i had that version instead of the real version he was like a diehard fan for whatever reason yeah i think it was real (laughs) <laughs> what the story or the song oh yeah the story's real yeah he was like a die hard metal fan you know uh, and like he was in the first band where we did metallica covers and like megadeth and stuff and okay and he was like dude these aren't the like the real lyrics this is some fake shit and i'm like no they're, it's like is some it lyrics or whatever it might just be scratch vocals or the original vocals. Ozzy didn't like it. I don't know. Dude, the amount of times that I covered uh, or the amount of times I downloaded Sublime playing No Woman, No Cry, and it was just Bob Marley playing it. <laughs> or, you know, the amount of times that they were like copycat songs that you, you, you listen to and you're like, this isn't, this sounds nothing like Sade. Why, <laughs> why, why is a, I, why is it a man singing? That sounds I like, I mean, a, I guess I'll just keep it and listen to it 15 times today anyway. I mean, that's what, what I did. All the fucking rap albums I downloaded that had all the like, uh, I don't even know the the rippers fucking call sign in the song in the like in the middle of the song. So it would be like Torrance dot z z z. Like <laughs> they had the, the little the audio watermark. Like, There's a thrice album that I only know the version of that album that has all those fucking. <laughs> 
bullshit call outs in it. So when I've heard, I bought it on vinyl and I listened to it. I was, I fucking, my brain expected those moments to happen. That's how, like how much I've it's like, it's like listening music. to white Bronco or something. Like you thought it was a part of the music, right? turns out it's just the fucking, the torrenter that goes by, you know, the, the Megan, the stallion. So they play fucking <laughs> horse sounds the whole time. <laughs> All right, well, I think well, it's I think it's time. I think it's time, Brett. Yeah, uh, I think you've been um trying to I've been stalling stall this this portion of the podcast the where we rate the album in general yeah. on a scale of zero to ten, zero being the worst, ten being best. Decimal points allowed. Yeah. Olympic rules. Olympic rules. We allow even up to two decimal points. Up to two and up to two change numbers. It every week. <laughs> all right all right well i'm gonna let you go first because i want to end on a high note so you give me your that's probably a good shit ass rating first um again i didn't like this album there are songs i'm gonna go back to when i'm in the mood for it but the whole thing as a piece i didn't enjoy i thought it was a little too samey ridiculous <laughs> I, it was it, the songs were extremely catchy but all mm. in kind of the same way where i couldn't exactly discern what melody i was kind of thinking in my head from one song to another um it doesn't ignorance is just palpable (laughs) i don't i don't i don't know if i heard the bass uh the entire song the entire album production's trash i'll give it to you um (laughs) and so i'm oh and the lyrics are like the lyrics are basically oh, garbage. Come on. Oh, come on. All right. All right. Where where are we landing with your rating here, guys? We're going to land. This is pretty rough. Oh, boy. Uh, Lucas probably won't talk to me until the next episode, and he might not even talk to me then. Right. But I'm going to give this one a 3.6. That is my personal enjoyment of the album. Oh. I don't – It's ex, it, it seems extremely heralded by critics. I personally don't understand but oh. I am happy for it. <laughs> wow. Um, not at all what I thought. I thought we were going to be in the solid sevens with you. I thought we were going to take this home 7.8. I wish, I wish I was. I listened to this. This is probably the album I've listened to the most times since that um, Uncle Acid record. Wow. And you hated that one too. So you it was the- trying, even when you hate, when you think you hate an album, you really force yourself to like really hate it. I like, I, I try to take special notice and try to write down right. exactly why I hate it and try right. to justify my reasons when I can. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate your effort because, um, you know, it's funny. I used to, I listened to this album a lot uh, when I first heard it six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, kind of fell off of it for a long time and hadn't heard it in a few years. So I was really excited to talk about it on this, on this uh, episode. And honestly, the first time, the first run through, I was like, shit, oh, this isn't as good as I remember. And, uh, and then, you know, every time after that, it just got better and better until the point where I finally heard it again today. And I love it, man. I love this record. I think it's really catchy. I think it's very charming. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a way for me to politically say that I don't hate the production because I think it's charming how shitty it sounds. <laughs> it's endearing. Thing. It's endearing. Yeah. Um, they, I thought they know how to write a really good pop song, a really good power pop song. Um, 
great guitar work. I love Adam's vocals, the, the drums. And, you know, I had to turn, I changed my EQ to hip hop EQ on Spotify to turn up the bass. Sure. Um, so yeah. that helped a lot with, with the production in my opinion, but man, I have a, I have a special you know place in my heart for this album, especially because of the story. I feel like it's just one of those like heartbreaking stories of, you know, people who were just destined to do really good things and they just got robbed of the opportunity, you know, and it, it adds such a, not to make a pun or anything, but it adds so much of a romantic, it, a lot of romance to the record, you know, of like what yeah. could have been kind right. of type of romance. So that adds a lot to it. The, the mystique around this record, the, the, you know, what if the, what could have been uh, ness around this music and everything. And I feel like this is just such a great, uh, display to come out with as your first album. So, you know, the being impressed with how good this record is, I remember my first album that I wrote, it was nowhere fucking near this. I'm not saying this is their first <laughs> album I ever wrote, but I know that I, this is, these are levels that I never would have achieved, you know, with, with my music and right. Um, with all that said, man, and, and being able to go back to it after a few years of not listening to it and, um, and it had to grow on me. This time around, which was really interesting, uh, I'm gonna give this. You know, okay, I'm I'm gonna give you two ratings, Brett. I'm gonna give you one rating because okay. of the album, just as an album. But I'm gonna give you another rating as an album that I accidentally listened to it on random one time, and it was a way better listening experience. That that first shock, like that first shock rating, is what. Yes, the first time where I was listening, uh, well, it, it was like probably the. You know, third or fourth time or whatever that I listened to the album, I didn't realize I was listening to it on random. And I was like, dude, the first four songs are fucking bangers. And I was like, all right, the fifth one falls off. And then every song after that's great. And then I realized halfway through it, I was like, dude, I'm listening to this on random. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so the song that uh, is with the songs in the order that they are on the record, I'm going to give it a 7.6. Okay. The songs that were on random in the order that I listened to them, I'm going to give like an 8.4, dude. Wow. I think okay. there was a different, I think there was a different track listing that could have made this album better as a huge fan of this record. Is that, do you, is it, do you, was that kind of with the most energetic songs at first? Yes. And yes. the catchiest, most energetic songs were the first like three or four or five that played. Okay. And then it kind of chilled out for a little bit. And then it ended strong. The, the song that it ended with on my random run through was Rumors in Town, which is the sixth th song on the record. And it yeah. ended with that song. And I was like, damn, they ended strong, dude. They ended with like their new wave track, you know? And then I started, and then that's when I, I opened it up and I was like, wait, what the fuck? I'm like, oh my God, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> and honestly, it made it better. It did. Well, there are a couple versions of this album around, apparently, so you can try out for yourselves. Listeners, if you're interested in listening to this, try out this original version with Modern Kicks first, Still Crazy last. Yeah, and we'll have a, that's, oh, that's such a cool, that's such a cool idea to be like, uh, to ask the listeners, and for us even as a challenge to be like, what track listing would you, would you have done on this? What track order would you have done on this album? Because I can definitely give my preferred track order and i would love for people to leave us a comment telling us what their track order on this album would be buddies do you guys like this record is this something that you guys even know about like we'll have a link in the description to go listen to this on spotify and hopefully other places we'll find the links for other places so, so you guys can go listen to it like uh but 
go listen to the album. Let us know what you guys think. Give us your two choice nugs in the comments as well. Follow us on uh, EBP cast on Instagram. Uh, Brett's at Brett Hanrahan. I'm at Luke, John Luke Guitard. Uh, give us a subscribe on YouTube, man. Like we're trying to get up to 100 subscribers. And when we do, there's going to be a little, uh, little, little, little payola, little, uh, little, little fucking Pavlova for little you. Pavlova, little, little fucking gnocchi and, for you. Baby. Yeah, a little potato gnocchi for you if if you participate. So tell your friends about our podcast. Spread it around, share this shit. Brett, what would you what would you rate this episode? Well, I'm gonna get this episode two ratings. I oh. think in the uh original order that we did it in, it's like a solid 7.6. If you kind right. of have a program that mixes the up edit? the sections every four or five minutes. Yeah, with the the director's cut. Yeah, then yeah. that's gonna be more of an more of an eight, more of an eight point four. Okay. Okay, I like it. I like it. I'm gonna give this an eight point four in general, assuming that both cuts are gonna be as good, right? Because I got confidence in us, man. Yeah. You gotta you gotta yeah, you gotta come to the table with a little hubris, you know? I'm I mean, I'm gonna zoom in as much as I can, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be my main editing go-to. <laughs> I mean, eventually I'm gonna have to figure out how to do the same thing. So no judging. Close up. Get the zoom in. They call it the Ken Burns and iMovie. Ooh, I called it the the Office um, Zoom. Mm, you know? Yeah. Uh, but do you know what album we're going to be listening to on the next episode? I mean, we got we got almost like a hundred episodes at this point, uh, maybe even more. So go back and listen to. Oh shit, go back and listen to all the other older episodes that we got. We listened to a lot of different types of music. But Brett, I don't know if you had an album. I do. I have episode, one ready maybe. this week. Oh my talk god. About talking about uh different albums this one is pretty different this oh. one is we've been kind of waiting for this one it is called hawaii part two oh by miracle musical oh wow 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 oh. yeah full disclosure, full disclosure i've listened to this album once only once before so i don't remember this at all it's it two years the, ago uh love baby of fucking tally hall and shout out Tally Hall. Come on the show. Tally Tally Hall. Hall. <laughs> Come on the show. We want to interview you about Oh, Yo, hit us up. We know you're Miracle? watching. Hawaii Miracle, right? Hawaii Part Two by Miracle oh. Musical. It's that all in it like up. kanji uh for some reason or yes, hiragana. That's true. Fucking Mibu uh, or whatever. This is an interesting one. I I this one, I'd say y'all listen to it first. Before you get our reaction, I don't want to spoil anything. For it you. is a very uh, musical, theatrical record, but it's electronic and weird and uh, avant-garde and out there at the same time. I'm excited to dive back into this, man. Fuck yeah. Good All choice. right, man. Good choice. We'll see y'all on the next episode. Hey. Fucking salute. Salute. Salute.